1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield,
0: Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Hey, Keith. I'm good. How are you?
1: I am okay. Great. Yesterday was one of those days (laughs) where it was like 3 o'clock, and I'm like, wow, this day is just... Gone. Oh, yeah. Because I've just I was just trapped in like nonstop meetings. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I had like I've got like six hours of work to catch up on in the next e- like three and a half. Yep. I have those days. It's Often mo- it's most days of the week. Right. Um <laughs> but we're here together Exactly for, for this for this shared half hour between us <laughs> where we get to talk about pop. And who knows what work is waiting for us after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats, and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Morgan Wallen charts a 10th straight week at number one on the Billboard 200 with his album One Thing at a Time. How rare is that? How many albums have spent at least 10 weeks at number one in the chart's history? And how many more weeks do we think he'll spend on top? Well, we'll talk all about it in
0: just a moment. Also on the show, we're talking all about Beyonce kicking off her Renaissance World Tour in Stockholm last week. Queen. We'll talk about the set list, the set pieces, and more. And with Bey and Taylor Swift both touring at the same time with marathon three-hour concerts, (laughs) we're digging into whether they are setting the bar impossibly high for a pop star tour. They are. So, yeah, (laughs) spoiler alert, (laughs) so stay tuned for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast... Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat.
1: First up, on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time Spends a 10th straight week at number one, the entirety of its chart run. The One Thing at a Time album earned 141,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending May 11th, which was up 2% compared to the previous week, according, of course, to Luminate. So uh, I've got many statistics and fun facts mm-hmm. about this achievement because, uh, you know, as charts people, we like uh, big uh, round numbers, <laughs> 10, 20, 20. Top 40. And here we are at 10 weeks at number one. So, uh, as the album holds at number one, Morgan Wallen becomes the first male soloist to spend 10 weeks at number one with back to back full length albums since the Billboard 200 began publishing on a regular weekly basis in March of 1956. Because, as you'll recall, his last album, Dangerous, the double album, also, also, spent its first ten weeks at number one. It had a total of ten weeks at number one because then it fell out of the top spot after ten weeks. I don't know if that's going to happen to One Thing at a Time. We shall see. Do we have any quick guesses, Katie,
0: on how many weeks we think now at this point One Thing at a Time will spend at number one? I, th- I mean, I-, I think it. I think it has eleven. At least, because what do we have that came out? Jonas Brothers? Jonas Brothers. And uh, if Ed Sheeran didn't do it, I don't know if they will either. Post
1: Malone just announced a new
0: album, and there's a little
1: Dirk album coming. So I feel comfortable in saying at least least 11. 11. (laughs) That's a nice safe bet. (laughs) But it could be 12. I think the Dirk album, I want to say it comes out. Uh, It might be this Friday or the next. Country v Country. Well, also Dirk is pals with Morgan. Oh,
0: we're talking about Lil Dirk, not Dirk Spatley. No, (laughs) not Country v Country. No, I'm talking about Lil Dirk. Lil (laughs) Dirk. Lil Dirk,
1: who uh, Morgan and him have collaborated together. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, that'll be interesting. (laughs) All the Dirks. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, at least 11. Um, We know. We know. In we know off in the future, uh, there is a Taylor Swift re-record. That's true. July 7th, Um, we know for sure you are not going to be
0: number one on July 7th, Morgan, okay?
1: Yeah, give it up at that (laughs) point. Um, All right, well, uh, only five acts, including Morgan, have notched consecutive number ones that ruled for at least 10 weeks on the chart. So he joins Adele, who did it with 25 and 21, Whitney Houston, who did it with the Whitney album as well as her self-titled album, and The Monkees did it with more of the monkeys and their self-titled album and the Kingston trio an act maybe most people are not familiar with who listened to the show they did it with string along and sold out uh, they, they were like sort of a uh, folk pop trio back in the very early 60s yes incredibly popular um, Wallen is now the third solo male artist overall to have at least two albums spend 10 or more weeks at number one each. He joins Elvis Presley and Henry Mancini. The former did it four times with his self-titled album, uh, the soundtracks for Loving You, G.I. Blues, and Blue Hawaii, and then Mancini did it twice with the soundtracks to the music from Peter Gunn and Breakfast at Tiffany's, that little film that most people have never heard of, I'm sure. (laughs) That's sarcasm. That's a joke. Yeah, it's Moon dope. River. Uh, <laughs> That's moon is that
0: on Breakfast Television, right? River.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. this would this would have been sort of the. I, I wonder if the vocal performance of that song was on that album, mm. or if it was just the score, like the instrumental. I don't know, I don't have it in front of me. I definitely don't know the answer to that. Okay, so in total, nine acts, including Wallen, have at least two albums that spent at least ten weeks at number one. So Wallen is now among elite company. Standing alongside only The Beatles, Elvis Presley, and they each did it four times, Whitney Houston, The Kingston Trio, and they each did it three times, Adele, Henry Mancini, The Monkees, and our pal Taylor Swift. They each did it with two different albums. There you go. It's a very, very limited number. Uh, So, Katie, Mm -hmm. can you guess how many albums have spent at least 10 weeks at number one in the Billboard 200's history, and again, that's dating back to March of 1956. Now, don't tell me your guess. Now, mm. we're going to save it for the chart set of the week. I was
0: going to say this feels out of order. It doesn't feel like a quiz, Katie time yet.
1: Well, now that we've teased the <laughs> listeners, if you're playing at home, you now have time to go Google. Now you have time to wait for Katie to get it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. You might. You might. You, I mean, who knows? I did not know this number. Uh, until I figured it out this morning. And that's why I was running late.
0: I mean, I can do a little <laughs> bit. I at least start with the math of all the people that you just said. True. <laughs> who did it back to back there's, or, or there's multiple a, there's, times. There's, there's at least a dozen or so. <laughs> exactly.
1: Also on the Billboard 200, Ed Sheeran collects his sixth top 10 charting effort as his latest studio album, Subtract, debuts at number two. The set starts with 112,000 equivalent album units earned, and of that sum, Album sales comprise 81,000, which makes it the top-selling album of the week, and that 81,000 also represents Ed Sheeran's biggest sales week for any of his albums since 2017, which means it has a bigger sales week than... um, The number any any week that posted by the number six collaborations album or by equals, Uh, the new album was preceded by its lead single Eyes Closed, which debuted at number twenty six on the Hot 100, dated April eighth, and it climbs to a new high of number nineteen this week. Sharon's last three albums, Equals, Number Six Collaborations Project, and Multiply, were each led by top ten charting singles before those albums dropped. So, Bad Habits, of course, was from Equals, and that went to number two. I Don't Care with Justin Bieber, uh, which is from the number six collaborations project, also went to number two. And the dual lead singles off of Multiply, Shape of You, and Castle on the Hill went to numbers one and number six, respectively. All this is basically saying, like, this new album is a quieter, less obviously commercial album, and thus, the fact that it debuts at number two... Is kind of, I
0: guess, a, an achievement. In my opinion, yes. Yeah. I've listened to the album. It's and uh, I think we spoke last week as well about it being such a heavy project. Mm-hmm. Um, and eyes closed is one of the more upbeat um, offerings on the album. I also don't think that we should count out eyes closed just yet because let me bring up Alan Kay yet again. But Coast is definitely going to play this song. Like this is a AC adult pop song. Eyes closed. Like I think that it. Is still has an opportunity to climb to the top ten, but maybe just didn't introduce the album in such a bombastic way as the previous projects. Right, it could um, be a slow burn. It could be a. a I think it's a slow hangs burn, out for a while. and then I think the album, like you said, it's. I think that Ed himself would consider number two an achievement for such a quiet personal project.
1: Lastly, over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, Morgan Wallen's "Last Night" spins a sixth week at number one. While Tusi notches his first top 10 as Favorite Song jumps 11 to 8. The track also spins a second week atop the Hot Rap Songs chart.
0: Is it Beyonce time, Keith? B-b-b-b-Beyonce! So, Beyonce kicked off her Renaissance World Tour in Stockholm last week. Crazy place for this to to (laughs) kick off. I actually just read a uh, recap of the concert from a Vulture writer who... Traveled from New York to Stockholm. Tough like, gig. Like many others did, because apparently on the plane, you know, it was just like all Beyonce fans making that trip to Stockholm. Wow. Allegedly. It's almost like riding the, the Rihanna uh, plane. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, Floor seats were costing around two grand here in America and $200 at the Stockholm and some of the overseas shows. Yeah, okay, why didn't we go? I, exactly. So everyone kind of thought, why don't we pay for a flight, take a trip, get the, the floor seat for 200 bucks, and like have our whole Beyonce experience before everyone else? So that's what they did. Um, and it sounded epic to say the very least. Um, as we teased at the beginning of the show, uh, it's about a three hour concert which uh, our girl Taylor Swift is currently out there doing a three-hour, 15-minute concert. So pop fans are just getting fed right now, basically. Mm, Yeah. Um, But let's talk a second about the set list before we hop into um, the length of the concert. I will tell you that I've
1: watched at least one of the uh, performances from this show at least like eight times. Which one, Keith? Break my soul. And why is that, Keith? Because she does the Queen's remix of it, (laughs) the one that samples Madonna's Vogue. So does Madonna pop out then? (laughs)
0: Yet, okay. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Did you want me to
1: ramble about this first, or do you want to talk about uh, the set list?
0: Please talk to me. You know, this is part of the set list. Talk to me about the Break My Soul performance, Keith. So uh, she she does,
1: uh, on the album Renaissance, the song Energy comes right before Break My Soul. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like, the, well, on, if you listen to Renaissance, all the songs kind of, like, blend together as if it was a continuous mix sort of thing. Like a dance mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, Energy blends into Break My Soul. And she does that on stage. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, you know what might be coming. You know what's coming. And then Break My Soul starts, and she does Break My Soul like normal. And then she, like three-quarters of the way through the song, it cuts into the Queen's remix of Break My Soul. And you immediately hear the sort of elements of Vogue, and it gets very exciting. And that happens for a few seconds. And then it cuts into a sort of mashup of the Queen's remix and the Jackson's Shake Your Body Down to the Ground. Mm. Uh, that leads her up to a podium where as she's stepping up onto the podium, she starts to do the rap segment of the Queen's remix. The first line of which is Queen, Mother, Madonna, I love ya. And uh, she says that, uh, which is incredible to hear Beyonce say that live. It's just wild. (laughs) Um, And if on the big screens, because she has these humongous screens inside the uh, stadium, they put the names of all the people she names checks. Oh, I love that. So it says Queen Mother Madonna in huge graphics across the screen. And then when she does the rest of the rap about Grace Jones, like all their (laughs) names pop up. Grace Jones twice, obviously. And then at the end of it, (laughs) at the end of the performance, she ends up back on the main stage. And the finale of it is uh, you hear like it's it almost mirrors the end of the actual Vogue song where you hear this. Vogue, Vogue. And every time she says Vogue, they're all Vogue on stage. And like Pyro goes off every time she does Vogue and poses. And also by, behind her is this huge disco horse that comes out of the middle of oh, the I stage. I learned that
0: fans have named the horse Renee. Like, uh, Ren- like Rena- Re- Renaissance? Renee, N E I G H. Oh, Renee.
1: <laughs> um, but the horse is like, I don't know, like four
0: stories tall. Oh, it's my nuts. God. Um, Doesn't she go into formation after that, too? Well, I don't know. Oh, apparently she goes into formation of after course. that. Why not? Oh, my gosh. Ho- uh, horsemation. <laughs> I no. can't, that's just not how it ends, actually. That's wild. Anyway, so sorry. That was my
1: so – but – but uh, and the last thing I'll say is yeah. I've already I've already conspiracy theorized <laughs> that – so Madonna's tour, the celebration tour, which hasn't started yet. Starts in July. Starts in July. Uh, June or July, yeah. And the then, billboard will be there. And Beyonce's tour – is going to be in America. There, both those tours will be cro- crisscrossing America at the same time, and they will be in Texas at the same time.
0: <gasps> oh, Texas, which is Beyonce's home state, too. So there, there are three days where I gasped. Where,
1: <laughs> yeah, I get you. Didn't see my tweet. No, you didn't I, see I obviously my didn't. tweet.
0: <laughs> you didn't see my tweet. Now
1: um, you don't read
0: my tweets. You don't read my tweets. You don't read my tweets. So
1: I said. Hold on. I've got it here. So in September, Madonna and Beyonce's tours will cross paths in Texas. Can we get the queens to appear together on stage? So on September 21st, Beyonce will be in Dallas and Madonna is going to be in Austin. September 22nd, Beyonce has the day off. Madonna will be in Austin. September 23rd, Beyonce will be in Houston, her hometown. Correct. Madonna has the day off. Correct. So I, I – come on – I feel like you shouldn't have ruined their surprise. <laughs> Keith. When I posted that, there were there were people that immediately commented. Were like, "Oh yeah, that's been like a rumor for a while." I'm like, "Of course, oh, it has.
0: sure." <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I'm slow on the uptake.
0: People. Well, so "Break My Soul" is one of 37 songs on this Beyonce set list. <laughs> 37. That was my Renee. She yeah. She does every. Single song from Renaissance. Shows them kind of in like little um, trios, like little trios of Renaissance songs with older songs and deep cuts and things tucked in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, let's see, she's got three songs from her first solo album, Dangerously in Love. Three songs from 2006's B-Day. One song from 2008's I Am Sasha Fierce, and it is not... Single Ladies. Uh, is Halo and on She does two from I Am Such a Fears. I Thought. No, no, just one. She doesn't do Single Ladies? Um, she does not do Single Ladies. Wow. She does um, Diva from that project. Huh. Uh, five songs... From Katie's favorite album, 2011's Four. I think I mentioned last week that Four is my favorite album, and then she went and did five songs from her 2011 album for some reason. That's, that's the album that has Love on Top on it. Correct, yeah. which she does. Um, three songs from 2013's Beyonce, two from 2016's Lemonade. So, and she also throws in some Destiny's Child songs. She does a song from The Lion King, uh, The Gift, she also uh, does a
1: cover of Mary J. Blige, doesn't she? She
0: does. Like she, I think that's like a little, it's like tucked in, mm. sort of.
1: So she has like a Destiny's Child medley
0: sort of deal, probably? I don't think it's a medley. I was actually just going to double check which one. Um, she does uh, Say My Name as part of a medley um. with Naughty Girl and Rocket, which is from her self-titled album. Hmm. And then, uh, meanwhile, is that a... Maybe it's just "Say My Name." Wow! Could just be "Say My Name." Um, anyway, it's a wild set list, and it's um, I'm personally excited as like a Justice for Four Beyonce <laughs> fan um, that there's so much for. Although she doesn't have my favorite song, which we went out on last week's show countdown, not in there yet. But who knows if the set list could evolve? Sure. Um, so let's talk about the fact that 37 songs, three hours, three hours. Our girl Taylor, we saw her show in Vegas, three fifteen. Yeah, these are these are serious shows. Meanwhile, I believe you mentioned Janet Jackson under two hours, right? Yeah, I guess it's just about two hours. Yeah, Um, just going off my own recent comparisons, uh, John Mayer, just over two hours. Uh, Maroon 5's Las Vegas residency, an hour and a half, You're maybe. 30 like, minutes. Right. <laughs> Adam Levine wants you back out at
1: those tables. When, um, uh, <laughs> when you and I saw Dua Lipa last year, it was like, what, an hour and a half, two hours, maybe? Probably two. Yeah. I think it was two. Yeah,
0: so this is... She she's a
1: lot smaller of a catalog in comparison. You know, at this point, yes. At this point, yes.
0: And so it, it is it is extraordinary to be doing this length of a show. I mean, for a like for a... Like a pop show, mm-hmm. it's extraordinary mm-hmm. because it's oh, not. Oh, it's not Bruce Springsteen
1: jamming it, Pearl, for you know three and a half Pearl hours. Pearl Jam playing a marathon show or the Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews Band, like that's sort of normal and expected. Like rock fans expect like a lengthy show, especially those kinds of artists. Mm-hmm. It's I've always assumed that most most pop shows are like ninety. You know, an hour and a half to two hours
0: yeah. tops. yep, yep.
1: That's just what it is. Because, you know, usually you're in an arena. The show usually starts at, like, 9. They have to be out by 11. You know, that's usually just when things
0: wrap up. Well, and Taylor Swift, uh, this not this past weekend, the, the weekend before when she was in Nashville and her show got uh, lightning delayed because it was a huge lightning thunderstorm in Nashville on Sunday night, uh, she ended up going back on like at 11 and playing until two in the morning. So she
1: started the show, had started, to stop midway.
0: stopped, went back. But she did it and like they extended her curfew because apparently curfew was one. They extended it till two so she could wrap that show up at the open air stadium in Nashville as everyone was getting poured on, raining the entire show. Ugh. But the lightning had stopped. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. So um, we actually reached out. Keith reached out to um, Dave Brooks, who is our touring director here at Billboard. Um just asking like, what's the deal? Like is this gonna be like what's expected now? You know, are are Taylor and Beyonce kinda setting the bar for what, you know, a pop star of their caliber kind of needs to deliver to a fan but for them to be charging you, these kind of ticket
1: prices? So my prompt was, do you have any opinion you'd like to share that we could read on the pod about what Taylor and Beyonce's shows could mean for future pop shows and how long they are? Does this put pressure on similar pop stars charging similar prices to perform longer shows? And I said, I'm looking at you, Madonna, or is this purely a fluke that is isolated to Taylor and B? And he said...
0: So his first comment was, these long tours are making me so tired. I just want to go home and go to bed. But, you know, he's uh, a dad of two, so we understand. We, uh, We empathize with you, Dave. But jokes aside, he said, I never have thought of it this way, but it's a very interesting angle, and I would probably simply say these artists only tour every few years, and they really want to give their fans a great show. The old adage was, leave your fans wanting more, and it seems like today's trend is to give them everything you've got People pay a lot of money for these concerts, and it's good to see the artist investing it back into the experience. Well, I agree. Yeah, I mean because I think a lot of a lot of people thought of pop shows as the spectacle and the production and the costumes and and all those things, which sort of takes away. The blood, sweat, and tears, and like manpower that goes into these things when you think about the artists themselves having to leave three hours of work on the floor and not just work, like physical, you know, like dancing nonstop. You're the center of attention for the entire thing. And obviously, there's crafty ways to give them breaks and costume changes, and, and but I don't costume changes aren't really breaks for them, you know, they're still like running right. around scrambling. So, um, I think. I think that what Dave says about, um, you know, the ticket prices keep creeping up uh, and Beyonce and Taylor Swift are just like, we're going to meet you. Like, you know, we, we're not going to leave you thinking that you didn't get the show that you paid for. Yeah, And you really, truly feel like you got what you paid for and then some when it comes to these, like, I mean, that three hours and 15 minutes was, like, serious. That was a serious concert. I think what's what's interesting about all this
1: is that now we have... Taylor and Beyonce planting the flag and saying, if you're going to charge this much, as we have, for a pop concert, it is going to be expected of the fans that you are going to play a long show. Yeah. And I I do wonder, and I know she's my queen and all, but I wonder in Team Madonna land, she, she has not performed a three-hour show. Ever.
0: How long was Madamax? It was two, wasn't it?
1: I don't know. It I th- think. It, it was probably two. Yeah. I mean, what, the show finally started at like 11 it something? It started late.
0: So maybe it might have felt longer just based on the time it started, like we you know? didn't get out
1: of there until like 1.32. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's the other thing. Like, uh, Madonna, I love you, but if your show does not start on time, and if your show does not, like, <sighs> actually end at a proper time, it's going to be murder. because there were so many people that were like pissed off with her for the last couple tours where she just constantly was going on stage late and constantly going on incredibly late. Yeah. So, um, When we we are now in a world where Beyonce and Taylor are like, I go on stage on time, I put on a three-hour show, yeah, I charge you a lot, but I'm giving you a lot. That does not happen for forthcoming tours, not just from Madonna, but from others who are also charging the same or similar amounts of money. I think there's going to be very upset fans who said, I just went to Taylor and Beyonce and I got XYZ for my money and you're not giving me the same? What's up?
0: Well, I also think there's a piece of this puzzle of this being the first post-COVID tour for both of them as well because right. during COVID there was a very real like perception that. Um, they might not be able to ever tour in the same way that they had previously. Again, will this many people want to show up and be this close to each other for this long a period of time, et cetera, et cetera? We didn't truly know. Like now, obviously, we have a much more optimistic view of that. But in the moment, I bet Beyonce and Taylor thought this thing, this like my, um, you know, the career that I've chosen and the my favorite part of it, perhaps performing for my fans could be full-on taken away, and the most lucrative part. I mean, touring is is where a lot of artists make their money at this point versus music, like, the music itself. So they probably were thinking on this grand scale that they've never thought, like, on before, thinking that maybe that was ripped out from underneath them, mm-hmm. I think. And I'm totally, you know, this is total conjecture.
1: Yeah, but I think also most artists, if they can, don't want to work. As much as you may be forced to. So, like, you know, what I'm saying is well, that, that's, that's that was the a very idea. indelicate way no, of saying it. No, but that's the idea of, of playing a stadium, stadium versus a club. Like, you're playing a stadium instead of, like, five arena shows. I'll do one stadium exactly. show. Exactly.
0: You're not like the, the Harry Styles model of playing the Forum 15 times versus playing, what, SoFi twice or something. How long was Harry's show? Um, yeah, that was probably two hours. How long,
1: how long was Gaga's, uh, Chromatica ball?
0: That was definitely two hours if, and it may, may, may have been two and a half. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 I Yes, as much
1: as, like, Taylor and Beyonce probably thought, like, oh, you know, maybe this is the end of my touring career because of COVID, blah, 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 and, like, maybe they were just itching to get back on the road and they really wanted to, like, give everyone a big bang for their buck, I think there's always a part of a lot of artists who are like, is there any way that I don't have to do as much work? Like, is there any way I don't have to be on stage for three hours? Can I just do it for two? And, like, I wonder... Um, Because I don't think they're just doing it out of the kindness of their heart. I'm sure some of it is that, yes. But also I think you have to be realistic about these things. And they're also human beings who are like, is there any way I don't have to be on stage for three hours? Can I do it for a little bit less? I do think that there might be some maybe uh, promoter uh, slash management um, encouragement saying, you know, we should probably do a longer show because of the ticket prices that people are paying. You know, like maybe there's like sort of – the, the optics of it right the the optics and the the sort of the we should do a longer show right um, if if you can. And also I think I don't know what Beyonce's schedule is like. I mean Taylor scheduled her tour where she's only playing weekends, weekends
0: right No I, I and I obviously already Beyonce started on Wednesday a oh, Wednesday wow. so I'd say it's not just that that's a that's that's tough. yeah I mean, I mean, although when she's in LA she plays Friday, Saturday Monday it's SoFi.
1: Well, I mean, I guess I would have to look at Beyonce's tour schedule a little bit closer. I'm like, Beyonce is a mom. Um, She's got a a busy life. And not not that Taylor doesn't, but she doesn't have children at this point. Um, Just the cats. Just the (laughs) cats. Did you see that that uh, that one of uh, one of the namesakes of her children slash cats, uh, Mariska Hargitay, was um uh, at one of her shows recently?
0: Which one did she go to? Uh, one I didn't see where she went. I don't know. The, I just, there's it, a celebrity at every uh, every show though. Ins- every show. Instagram
1: is showing me like all the celebrities that were there. <laughs> um, you know, like Reese Witherspoon was there. Mm-hmm.
0: And, she, Nash. Uh, that was Nashville. She uh, took Ava. Oh,
1: there was a. a, 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 a Kate Hudson, maybe? Am I wrong? There was a woman who walked off stage with Taylor at the end of the show with her
0: children. And that's Blake Lively. Blake Lively, yeah. thank you. Those are, her children are the namesakes of her folklore songs, um, James and Inez. Oh. Those are named after Blake and Ryan's children. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just said Ryan, like, my buddy Blake Ryan. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. They're, 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 they're,
1: they're married. Um, okay, well, anything else that we have to say about... Uh, this
0: phenomenon I mean I I think
1: I'm looking forward to a three-hour Madonna show I think as always
0: Taylor (laughs) is she wants she is at the top of her game and wants to stay at the top of her game and she is doing an epic like tour and I think Beyonce is the same way like they know that they are superstars of another caliber and so they're doing a tour of another caliber and that's what's happening here you know that's this is just we're working on god tier up in here with god, pop star god tier
1: <laughs> i wonder how long bad Bunny's show was last year his stadium show
0: anyway i could I just do keep not doing know. this for did a not while. go there yep. this <laughs> is interesting
1: i would love to like find metrics on this like if we could like just have like That'd a that would be a great
0: infographic like a great infographic that like dave or eric we'll talk to dave and yes and eric who manages our touring box score chart like we'll our, talk to
1: him our uh, our pop concerts getting longer question mark and like you know billboard did an analysis of like like the top 20 highest grossing shows of each year. I have a
0: feeling Beyonce and Taylor are probably, like in everything in life, outliers. Yes. <laughs> like Adele's concert in Vegas. That
1: was probably like a tight two hours, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Adele. You're charging just as much, if not a whole lot more, than uh, Taylor and Beyonce. I loved happy. Oh, yeah. I was, it was great. <laughs> it was fine. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the Week. So earlier we pondered the question, how many albums have spent at least 10 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 chart since the list began publishing on a regular weekly basis in March of 1956? And, of course, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time is the latest title to join this club. So, Katie, uh, do you have a guess as to how many albums have spent at least 10 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200?
0: I don't know if this is a crazy guess, but I'm going to say 30. A uh, higher. Higher, okay. Uh, as, I, as I consult
1: my book. <laughs> Is this a Fred Bronson book? Uh, it's a Joel Whitburn. Oh, Joel the, Whitburn. The fabulous Joel Whitburn who uh, passed away last year. Um, it was last year. Well, was it, maybe it was this year. Well, I think it was this. 40. God, I'm so sorry,
0: Joel. 40. Higher. 50. Higher. 60. Higher. 70. Slightly higher. Okay, 75. Slightly higher. Uh, 77.
1: 77. Okay. Including Morgan. Um Yeah, so the the first album to have 10 weeks at number one was Elvis Presley's self-titled album in 1956, had 10 weeks at number one. And actually, spending 10 weeks at number one was a pretty regular occurrence in the uh, 50s, 60s. uh, But then in the 70s, it became a lot less uh, frequent. Um, I mean, we went years at one point without an album that spent 10 weeks at number one, like 1972, 1973 wasn't a single album that spent 10 weeks at number one. And, uh, you know, in the 80s, we had some very long-running number ones, but it wasn't a regular occurrence. Like, you know, Thriller spent 37 weeks at number one. And, you know, Purple Rain spent 24 weeks at number one. And then it kind of faded away. And then um, actually in recent years, it's not all that common. Um, So, you know, while we do like certainly SOS from SZA spent 10 weeks at number Mm -hmm. one, Bad Bunny, spent uh, 10, if not more, weeks in number one. Actually, I have that in front of me. It's wild,
0: though, to think, um, if you just do the very simple math of 77 times 10, and that's obviously not the full number since people spent more than 10, like taking up 770 weeks of number ones on the Billboard 200 were, you know, single albums.
1: Um, Yeah, so in recent times, SOS, as I said, spent 10 weeks at number one. Uh, Bad Bunny's Unverano Sinti uh, spent 13 weeks at number one. And then other kind of recent albums that spent at least 10 weeks at number one. um, 1989 had 11 weeks at number one. Uh, 21, of course, had 24 weeks at number one. Drake's Views had 13 weeks at number one. But but kind of generally speaking, since the late 90s until now, if I go from like the end of 1996 until now – only 13 albums have had at least 10 weeks at number one yeah so but it feels like it's getting it's becoming a more common occurrence lately because of how streaming impacts the chart right um but anyway that was the long sort of ramble chart stat about uh, how many albums have spent at least 10 weeks at number one wild and uh, a bonus one uh, do you know which album has spent the most weeks at number one on the billboard 200
0: I mean is it not Adele 21 it's not oh what is it you don't have a guess? No, but like, how many weeks did it spend at number one? Oh,
1: oh, oh, the one that did. Yeah. Hold on, as I <laughs> back to the book. Back to the book. You know, it's one of those things where I should know off the top of my head, and I do, but I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, it is uh, the soundtrack to West Side Story. Oh. Which had 54 weeks Holy at number one. Holy hell, we've definitely talked about that because it was more than a year. Yeah, and the the uh, runner up was Michael Jackson's Thriller with 37 weeks. Wow. All right, so there's chart stat of the week. Um, A little uh, stroll down uh, number one memory lane on the Billboard 200. All right, we've reached the end of our big show. I love grabbing books that I can pour through. Old chart books. (laughs)
0: Books still matter, people. I
1: I actually, I when I was writing my story on Sunday for the top ten, I had to. um, I was actually I was writing on Saturday because I wanted to get a head start, and. um, there was something my computer could not answer.
0: Mm. Man. So I,
1: I came into the office on Saturday, oh, uh, wow, Saturday afternoon. Oh, wow, to consult the books. Because this book was here. I didn't have it at home. <laughs> <laughs> books, we love them. <laughs> All right,
0: um, any parting words? Well, it feels like we should go out on a song from one of these 10-week number one albums. Maybe some, uh, some Kingston Trio?
1: Oh, I was just gonna suggest like a thriller. Something. Okay, we could also do thriller. (laughs) Um, Can we go out on "Beat It"? Of course. Great. We'll see you guys next time.
0: Bye.